Get ready, you guys. Today, we are talking about my favorite topic, something that I advocate and encourage in all of my patients. And I believe this one single skill that if you practice this on a daily basis, that this will set you apart and allow you to live the best life that you possibly can and help you on your journey to becoming your best version. I'm talking about mindfulness. So stay tuned. You're listening to Mind Manners, hosted by licensed psychotherapist Albert Nguyen. Albert helps his clients overcome past trauma, change their mindset, and accelerate their personal and professional development. This podcast covers a wide range of mental health and self-development topics, with each episode offering an actionable step towards a better you. If you're on a wellness journey, keep listening. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Albert Nguyen, and I have a very special topic to go over with you today in this session. If you had to choose one skill or modality for everyone to practice to get the most bang for their buck in terms of improving their quality of life, that is mindfulness. Mindfulness is simple, and simplicity is key to a better life. Believe me when I say this. I'm speaking through experience and from talking to many people in my lifetime. We as human beings tend to make things too complicated already. And I find that this is true as we get older and older. And it's all about getting back to simplicity. Confucius said, life is really simple, but we insist on making it complicated. And another ancient philosopher, Lao Tzu, stated, I have just three things to teach. Simplicity, patience, compassion. These three are your greatest treasures. Now, mindfulness can be simply defined as being aware and being present in the moment and living more intentionally and purposefully. Now, what does that even mean? You see, I started learning about mindfulness way before it was trendy. In fact, I learned about mindfulness and meditation during a time where it was made fun of and laughed at. Basically, it wasn't a very cool thing or a hip thing to do. I remember as a teen, people thought I was so bizarre and weird for some of the mindfulness and meditation techniques that that I would do. I remember sitting in public and just taking some deep breaths and practicing even meditation while I was waiting in line. And it was strange to a lot of people. But I knew I was onto something, right? As a martial artist, that was something that I was practicing to develop my mental state. So I learned mindfulness and meditation through martial arts. It was taught to me as a tool to enhance my flow state or focus, as well as a tool to manage anxiety and nervousness by finding calmness. Because as a martial artist, competing and fighting was a high-pressure and scary situation to be in. Some of the things I learned then were taking cold showers, using breath work as I lean into pain and discomfort intentionally putting myself in situations that were triggering to practice, calming down my nervous system. 
using objects to hit my body as a means to toughen it up in order to withstand more pain. It was all very intense things that I did for years. But I can tell you this, it worked. Everything outside those extreme things I did felt like a walk in the park. And there was something about the physical discomfort that really harnessed and heightened my awareness to be present. Later in life, as I learned more about psychology and mental health, I started adapting and adjusting mindfulness and meditation for more modern and everyday use. Mindfulness is everywhere these days, and I'm truly happy to see how accessible it is now for people. But unfortunately, just like fitness and exercise, I'm noticing that even with the endless research and science and resources available, a lot of people are still not doing it or benefiting from it, even if they know it's good for them. To me, mindfulness does for the mind the same that physical exercise does for the body. It improves its health and it makes it stronger. But I get it. As simple as mindfulness practice can be, it's actually really hard to be present. We live in a society where I honestly believe that we're primed to induce ADHD. Our attention is constantly hijacked by so many environmental stimulations. Our phones, social media, and if it's not in our devices, our mind itself is always wandering and planning thinking about the future or traveling back to the past. So to be here in the moment and to be aware and be present takes practice. And yes, it does take a lot of repetition. But the practice itself is simple. As simple as feeling the chair that you're sitting on right now as you listen to this podcast. Or feeling your clothes on your body or sensing the temperature of your surroundings or feeling your breath as the air goes in and out of your body. Really try this. Not thinking about tomorrow or the next thing, just 100% here with me, listening to this audio. Not too bad, right? But after a few seconds or minutes, your mind is filled up again and is wandering. What do you do when that happens? I get this question a lot. And people think that just because your mind is wandering that you're not doing meditation correctly. What you do is you refocus. That's the power. It's that refocusing and bringing yourself back that is the muscle we're trying to build. But really, why is mindfulness so important? Well, first of all, the present moment is the only thing that is actually real. When you're not present, I call this sleepwalking. If your mind is somewhere else, past, future, daydreaming, planning, you're pretty much sleepwalking through life on autopilot. Being in the future or past isn't real. Just the moment, the moment that you have right now, right here. Not saying that you shouldn't plan and think about the future or leverage the past. You can absolutely do that. And in fact, you can use both the past and future to enhance your present moment of being. 
but it only works well when you can actually be present and aware. So the game is to be as present as much as possible with intentional moments of planning and thinking about the future to ensure you're going in the right direction for yourself. There's also this theory that unpleasant emotions often only exist in the past or future and that the present moment is where joy and happiness and peace exist. So things like regret or guilt are in the past and things like worry and fear are in the future. Some of you might argue that you can feel fear in the present or guilt, but really think about it. Say, if you were in the wild, in nature, and come face to face with a wild animal like a grizzly bear, do you really have to think to actually feel that fear. You'll be 100% in the moment trying to deal with the situation. There's a beautiful concept called the flow state. You often hear about this in sports, but it's essentially a complete immersion and commitment to the present moment. You might even call this being in the zone. And that's where your true power exists. All your fears and worries in that moment just fall away. You're just 100% focused on the task and activity in front of you. So how can we live more in the present and get more doses of flow in our lives? Well, there are two quick and effective ways to do this. Identify a healthy activity that you love doing so much that you lose track of. And we all have this, right? Try to plan more of those into your life. For me, it's being active. Whether that's working out, hiking, running, rock climbing, doing martial arts or yoga or stretching, to be in my body and feel my body. Feel how it functions and how strong it is. For you, it could be something different, like painting, cooking a meal, drawing, playing an instrument, spending time with your pets, or simply just going for a walk. The second thing you can do is to focus on the small, mundane things that happens every single day of your life. For example, noticing the small details of your environment eating a little slower, and feel the texture of the food. Notice how you're breathing. Or notice the trees or plants as you walk to your office or to get the mail. Of course, I can never talk about mindfulness without talking about meditation. Meditation is one of the most powerful mindfulness exercises that you can do. To me, it's like, a bench press, deadlift, or squat for the mind. And it's gained a lot of popularity recently, you know, but it still seems so secretive and still hard for people to wrap their minds around. So I want to break it down really simply for you. So how do we meditate? How should one meditate? As simple as I can be. You can decide on the where, when, and how. Where will you meditate? What time will you do it? And for how long? 
So first, find a designated place to meditate where you can minimize as much distractions as possible and where you won't be disturbed. This is important because it allows you to connect a bit deeper with your own mind by removing the outer layers of distractions. Now, once you decide on a place, you need to then decide when you're going to meditate and for how long you plan to meditate for. Most seasoned meditators practice first thing in the morning and again before bed as part of their morning and night hygiene routine. But it's up to you. I suggest starting with five minutes if you're brand new. And if you are really determined, try 15 minutes to feel the full effects and full cycle of meditation. Once you've made those those decisions, set a timer and begin. Sit upright on a pillow, chair, or couch, and just remain silent throughout the time you have set. For the first few minutes, you'll have lots of different thoughts. How boring this is. Am I doing this right? I wonder if I got an email from my boss, and so on and so on. The most important thing is to just notice that your mind is wandering and let them pass. Or if you are disturbed by sounds like cars outside your window or any loud noises, instead of getting frustrated, just observe and think cars are driving through the streets. It may help to have a focal point to return to when you're wandering or your mind gets lost. Many people return to the breath. Other people use meditation beads, and some use a mantra or a repeated phrase like back to the breath or say the word calm in your head over and over again. You can use a combination of these or just one simple thing. Simple is easiest. So that's it. Do this until your alarm goes off. So why go through the trouble of doing this and dedicating time to meditation? Well, when I work with engineers or little kids, words like being more grounded and having flow does not make any sense to them. In fact, it repels them from the practice because it sounds too cult-like or new age hippie stuff. And I don't blame them. So let me tell you the benefits in more modern terms. Meditation is a training to strengthen your focus. And by practicing focus, it can increase your performance, efficiency, and mental and physical energy because your attention is not distributed all over the place. It also acts like a reset button, similar to rebooting your computer or restarting your phone when it's freezing on you or performance is compromised. You also train your brain to slow down and Learn how to be more calm. What you practice in meditation transfers to other areas of your life. Meditation is like adding another layer to your executive functioning where you have more self-control. Because in meditation, you develop a skill called metacognition, which is the ability to think about your thoughts. When you can think and become aware of your own thoughts, You are no longer driven by those random intrusive thoughts. You actually become the decision maker 
of what to do with those thoughts, even if it means just letting them go. So to summarize, meditation helps you build self-discipline, better focus, and be more calm. Meditation does require some discipline, but I urge you to try it. It costs nothing but some time and effort. We're so disconnected these days from the here and now. Even being out in nature or eating our food, we're so ready to put the phone in between us in the moment by snapping a photo or video. It's become more important to set some rules to really immerse yourself in the experience so that memories are etched into your nervous system and not just documented on your phone. You can find peace and joy in things that are already in your life. The first time I truly experienced this was during a very ordinary day. I was on a college campus walking to my class and a gust of wind came by and knocked down these leaves from the surrounding trees. And there were all these falling leaves, but I noticed just one leaf in particular. As it was floating and swaying in the air before it landed, I wasn't thinking about running to my class or what I needed to do next. I wasn't in the past or the future. I was just there for a very immersive moment. And I remember feeling this deep sense of aliveness. I've had many more of those moments since then. So how will you savor more of your moments? How will you live more and appreciate more? Which activities will you do more of? What details will you notice and bring your attention to? What will you do today to be more present and mindful to get the most out of life? Will you try out meditation? Will you try out decluttering your space and reorganize? If you would like to learn more about mindfulness practice, feel free to sign up for my email course on mindfulness. Sign up, it's free, it's no obligation, and check it out and learn more about it. And until next time, everyone, Take care, follow your passions, follow your heart. Thanks for tuning in to Mind Manners with Albert Nguyen. We hope you found value in this episode. If you'd like to work with Albert one-on-one, visit OptiMindCounseling.com to learn more about his private practice. Looking to join a community of like-minded individuals? Search Mind Manners Podcast Community on Facebook and join our group to connect with others on their wellness journeys. Finally, if you haven't already done so, please write us a five-star review on Apple Podcast and let us know you're enjoying the show.